thank you for coming. Uh, tonight, I, I, I want to I camp on this and park on this for uh, just a moment longer because I think it, Kelly Kid came up to me. I really respect Kelly. Uh, I know she hates if I talk about her in front of other people, but I'm going to anyway. I do. I just, I, I've watched her walk with Jesus for a lot of years, and she's been a, a gigantic strength to us, and I know to my wife especially personally. She's one of those strong women that God has put in Jennifer's life, and we're so thankful for that. But she came to me before service, and she said, you know, last week you talked about Jennifer Walter gave that word that God's not mad at you. She said, I just really feel like the Lord's saying there's some who are here who are still mad at God. Or maybe, maybe a better word might be disappointed. But disappointment, we all know, turns into anger. And so, if that's you tonight, um, I really want to encourage you, take heed to what we're sharing tonight, and especially the prayer at the end that we're going to pray together, and I want you guys to pray during this week. I think, I think there's 62 things I could try to say to convince you, but I'm just trusting that the Holy Spirit's going to get that over to you tonight, because when you especially when it comes to unforgiveness. Can I say that? When it comes to unforgiveness and you're having the hardest time forgiving and you can't figure out why, you gotta go to God and have him show you why. So many of us think, well, it's because I was hurt. Honestly, that's probably not your problem. There's a why behind it. Like for me, the big why that I struggled with uh, a situation for years, the big why that God revealed to me that instantly broke the power of that unforgiveness over my life was you allowed somebody else to determine your value instead of me. And now that they've kicked you to the curb, you feel worthless. And so I was like, wow, Lord, first of all, Father, I thank you that you've already forgiven me for allowing somebody else to determine my value. Thank you for that. I don't come ashamed. I don't come condemned. I just come and say thank you for already taking care of that for me. Man, God, I'm just so thankful. You're just so good. And I just take the moment to soak in that a little bit. Do you ever do that? Do you ever just take time just to soak in a moment? I'm getting to the point, guys, that where I'm just soaking on the love of God so much. That is my focus. These three remain, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is, it's not faith. That's what I was taught forever. <laughs> At least that was a thing. At least it seemed like it. And there's nothing wrong with faith. Faith is so important. But if you don't have a revelation of God's love and the person you're, you're putting faith in, your faith is going to struggle its brains out. But when you get a revelation of the love of God and you understand how he feels towards you and what he's prepared for you and how you are like him because you've been made in, in, in his creative image, you've been made in that likeness, that sim sim similitude. But we, we look back and we look at ourselves as broken, we look at ourselves as not this or not that and we fall short. And it's, I really believe the main reason is is because we fall short in understanding that the Father's love is toward us and in us, and it'll empower us and nourish us. 
See, I'm getting to the point with my life that I don't need any, and I, I can't always say this, I'm being honest with you, just being totally honest. There were years in my life that I ministered to people to get something from me. And it wasn't money, if that's what you're thinking. I wanted their approval. I wanted their praise. I wanted their, wow, Pastor John, you just did it. I, that's what I, that's, so I ministered trying to extract that from them. Guess what? The people that were difficult and challenging, the answer to that was kick them to the curb. Okay, have I, I, I'm trying to knock, knock myself off your pedestal. Am I off yet? Okay. But it was all because, not because I didn't love people, I just didn't understand my father's love. And I just didn't grab hold of that and understand what he's done for me. And now that I've grabbed hold of that, I can honestly say, I don't, if you give, you don't give, you serve, you don't serve, you're nice, you're not nice, it doesn't matter to me because I'm going to minister the love of Jesus to you the same. Because I don't need anything from you anymore. I don't. I love you, but I don't need nothing from you. I am so nourished and, and, and filled with and walking in God's love that my faith is automatically working for me. I mean, I'm following my heart, and he's showing me what to do. He's telling me what to do. He's leading me out of sinful behavior. He's leading me out of things that have, have, have I've been caged. You ever felt like you've been stuck in a cage for most of your life on a certain issue or subject? Anybody feel like that? Or is it just me? Oh, not me neither. Yeah, all of us feel like that. It's like one area in our life that, wow, I just can't. You're just one word away from Jesus showing you what the source of that is to disempower it in your life. So I'm asking you to, to stop being discouraged and frustrated and not talking to Jesus about it. I want to say it again. Quit acting like you don't have a Savior. Because we do. We do. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about Psalm 139. Are you ready? Psalm 139, verses 1 through 4. First of all, i got to say this. Chris, masterful job, man, the communion. Wow, it was so good. Um, wow, I look at that wholly different now. I don't know about you, but that was just so good. Worth every moment that we took for it. Thank you, Chris. Uh, oh, Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know, when I sit down or stand up, you know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say? Even before I say it, Lord. How come we know this, but we don't act like we know this? How come when we fall into sin or we fall into something that we know is not right because our heart condemns us, how come we don't go, you know what? God knows everything anyway, so I'm going to go straight to him. We don't tend to do that. We tend to run in shame. We tend to run and hide because of what somebody else is going to say about us or what somebody else is going to think. I've got to be honest with you. As a minister for like 25 years of my life, I had nobody to talk to where I was at. Nobody. Because I couldn't admit weakness because God knows that would not, that would not put me in good graces. So I, I had nobody to talk to. But I had Jesus to talk to and I just wasn't utilizing the simplest thing in the world just to talk to him about these things because I thought for some reason that maybe he didn't notice that one slip up maybe he hadn't noticed that I hadn't been consistent and diligent for three days in a row 
But when we understand that the Father knows us intimately and knows us truly better than we even understand ourselves, there's nothing to hide or pretend. It is what it is. So this is my prayer. Help! I tell you, that's one of the greatest prayers I've ever prayed. But that help has a, I know you'll help me in it. Help! <laughs> I know you'll help me. Right? It's not a, oh boy, I hope he does. Why wouldn't we go to Jesus to understand our situation and more importantly, understand yourself? There's behavior that you are engaged in that you don't understand why you do that. Why don't you go to God and say, Father, why? What is behind that behavior? Why can't I or why do I do this? But so many times we just stay ashamed and condemned. And what does that do? That injures our ability to stand up boldly before the throne of grace and mercy and receive what we need in our time of, of need. I don't come to the throne of grace based on what John's done today because guess what? Woo, he falls short. And my best day, on my absolutely best day, I still fall short. So I come like this. Father, you already know everything and I thank you. You've already forgiven me and I just thank you, Father, for setting me on that right path. Like I told you, the guy who smokes, right? Guy who smokes, beats himself up, feels like a bad Christian. Don't do that. Just light up and say, I'm the righteousness for God in Christ Jesus. I'm not kidding. I'm serious. Why not, if you're smoking in front of him, why not talk to him? Why not? Jesus, here I go again. I feel bad about myself. But you took this off, and I thank you that you're my deliverer. I thank you you're working this thing in me and setting me free from this. I can't tell you how many people I know that adapted that mentality and within two to three weeks, they were done with cigarettes. Because they got to the point where they stopped feeling, feeling condemned and ashamed. So what is your behavior that you're feeling condemned and ashamed? Don't shout it out. Just what is your behavior that you feel condemned and shamed about? Are you talking to Jesus about it? Are you getting him involved? Are you saying, why, why, why am I struggling? I just, why, I don't understand myself. Then the father illuminates the why behind the hate behavior, and all of a sudden it's like that behavior has no power anymore. Because it's like, oh, it's because I needed this from God. That's why I was doing that. So I guess I'll go get that from God instead. And we have to be reminded of that all the time, don't we? Psalm 139, 23 and 24. To me, this is an invitation for the father to work in my life. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Let me go back to the first verse, verse 23. Again, he knows everything about you. It's not like he's discovering something for the first time when you ask him to come look. Okay? He already knows. It's just this amazing invitation. Father, if there's anything that I can't see or, 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 or whatever behind what's going on, I, thank, I invite you just to show me. What happens when we do this, uh, this word try me and know my anxieties, the word try actually means to examine and look at me. 
It's actually saying, Jesus, here I am, false and all. Here I am. The word, know my anxieties, anxieties means troubled thoughts, anxious thoughts. It's actually the process of information which causes distress and anxiety in one's mind and heart. How many of you have ever had troubled thoughts? How many of you can't seem to stop sometimes with troubled thoughts? Okay, right, right, the troubled thoughts. So the problem is most of the time we get to the point of anxious and we have no idea how we got there. Can you relate? It's like, how did I get here? How am I so filled with anxiety? So I, w I mentioned this once to my physician. I said, you know, I just don't understand this anxiety I'm dealing with. It just doesn't make any sense. He goes, that's the nature of anxiety. You don't understand because you've gotten so far in your ruminating thoughts. Boy, I've got to be honest with you. We've got to break out of those ruminating thoughts. I don't know what it'll take for you to break out of them, but we need to learn, Father, what are we going to do to get me out of this vicious cycle of thoughts? And he said, the nature of anxiety is you don't know why. So that's why you come to the Father and you say, well, here's a for instance. I'm... I'm going through my week and, and all of a sudden I just start to feel this heavy burden for that 20 and 30 year old generation and just I'm praying for them and, 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 I'm, and I'm crying out to God for them and I'm like, Lord, you know that we need this and we need this and we need a, we need a youth pastor and, and, and Lord, you know, and he, and he said, he goes, just relax. It's just not time for any of that yet. Now, see, I could have worked myself up all day and, God, we need, God, we need, why isn't it happening, God? Or I could have been, I could have went my, my old way and in the name of Jesus, I claim, I claim, I claim, and I, I declare, I declare, I declare, I declare. Or, or I could just relax and say, the Father said, it's just not time yet, relax. Cool. So now, I'm the type of person that wants to get to my next thing Now. If not now, that's why I want to get to it. Now. Okay, I've got this hurried, this nervous energy all the time. And I'm finding myself, the more I meditate on his love and what he's done for me, I just find myself kind of, I can't even explain it. In, if I'm walking, going to another place, I'm not in a hurry. And I'm like, God, why, why am I not in a hurry? He said, because you're just so content in my love. You don't care where you go or when you get there. So this is the place we're trying to bring ourselves to and get to. Now, did I get to this place in my journey of seeking what the love of God is and his grace is in the first year? No, but I felt like in the first year, I was like completely radically different. And then in the second year, I thought the first year was like a joke. And then when I got to the third year, I thought the second year was kind of pale in comparison. You see what I'm saying? So every glory that I'm in, I'm feeling like it can't get any better than this. And it does. Chris and I talk about this all the time. We play golf together a lot, and he just kind of looks at me. He goes, man, I just don't know if it can get any better. I, ju I just don't know. God's just been filling me up so much, and I'm like, I, I get it. I get it. So we start, you know, talking about that. It's just like Jesus is real. He is to be experienced. He's not to be some religious figure in time that hung on a wall at your denominational church. Jesus is real. If I could right now, you know, I'd ask him, could you just 
kind of show up so do people really know he's real? <laughs> Jesus is real. One of our ladies kind of, you know, kind of, you know, she's a little more of a, of a, a stoic person. You know, she's so sweet, though. I love her to pieces. She's, she's crying one day. I don't know what's happening. I'm experiencing the love of God like I never have before. And, and the people around me are loving me. I just, I, there's never been, an, I've never experienced God's love like this. That's what we're after. And if you're like, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. Hang in there and we'll get there together. So this is what I'm going to ask you to do for this week. I'm going to come to a close with this and say this. I want you to join me. This is something I pray every day over my life and over you and have for years now. And lately, it's become so real. Brother Hagen used to say back in the day, he said that he would meditate on a scripture and meditate on it, meditate on it and confess it and meditate it. It'd get just to the point where it just became so alive and so real to him. And I want this scripture to become so alive and so real to you that you're feeling the effects of it. And it's simply this. In Ephesians 3, 16 through 19, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to start to pray personally. And Father, I pray that I would have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and long and high and deep your love is. Father, I pray that I would experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully that I would be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from you. I want you to pray that prayer from your heart. Would you do that with me? Would you, would you be, be willing to commit to pray each day this week? Can we do that as a church and then talk about what God's doing when you come back? Because I guarantee things are going to start to pop. And it may not be a big thing at first, but you're going to start to feel little touches. I'm just telling you, when you start to open up those gates to your heart and life, God just starts to pour and pour down into the fallow ground of your heart so that your heart can breathe again. We live in a very, very challenging, difficult time, difficult days, crazy days. Our government, yikes. Everything that's happening in the world, yikes. Calling evil good and good evil. I mean, literally, I've never seen that scripture more true today than I've ever seen it before. I want to be as different as I possibly can be and so far out there, and I want you to say it's okay. Wow. So it's crazy, the day we live in. But if you'll focus on the love of Jesus, it will feed your faith it'll feed the mercy of god in your life it'll feed the favor of you'll start to recognize the favor of god that's the favor of god that's the favor of god jennifer and i walk around all the time now man that was the favor of god i am never going to pass an opportunity up to go that was the favor of god that was the favor of that was the favor of god the fact that i got here today and was feeling yucky in my body kind of run down and just kind of Oh, I think it's all the stupid allergies. Trust me, everybody, relax. I don't have COVID. I already had it. Can't get it. Can't get it, okay? Relax. 
I'm just saying that, you know, just being a little run down on my body. It, and it's, it's the favor of God that I stepped into this pulpit tonight and feel the strength of the Almighty in my, in my bones. That's the favor of God. And you're going to start to recognize that too. God's favor on your life. Father, we thank you tonight for the favor that you give us. We, we thank you for this incredible love and care that you have over our lives. God, you're so good to us. We love you, Father. I just And I'm asking for you tonight, everybody that's here, everybody that maybe couldn't make it tonight is going to listen to this by way of YouTube. I pray, Father, that they would have the help of the Holy Spirit to experience the love of Jesus for themselves. Father, you've made each of us so unique like a fingerprint. You know just how to open up our hearts to experience the love of Jesus. So we don't put the onus on our works to get that. We put the onus on you, Father, with our faith and trust in Jesus to get it over to us. So I rest and I trust in his everlasting love and his grace. And I thank you that each person here does tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said amen. Hey, listen, um, we're going we're gonna to dismiss here in a moment, but we're going to have folks up here. If you need prayer... Don't suffer silently and walk out of here without having somebody to agree with you, okay? So if you need prayer of agreement, we'll have folks up here for you and for that time. Love you guys so much. Thankful that you are here. Thankful. All oh, the building's going great. Things are happening. Floors are being cut this week. Power's being put all over the place. Stuff, it's just so exciting, man, I tell you. And I've just, I've built two houses before, and every house that I built, I was like a wreck until I got into it. I am not doing that this time. I'm like this. Whenever we get in, we'll get in. Cool. Whatever. Ask Steve, how many times did I call you this week asking about progress? Once? Three. Dang it. And I thought I was good. I promise, Steve and I have a, a common friend that he has vowed he'd never work for again, and he, and he calls me by that person's name if I do this, so I'm going to call him Les, sorry Steve. So um, we're so glad that you guys are here, and, and what God's doing, and the money that you've been giving towards the building fund, the continued effort that we have, because costs are crazy and out of, but we'll have every dime and dollar that we need. I'm completely, totally uh, trust in God for that because you know what God is so great that it's he sent people who have given us tens of thousand dollars for the building fund who don't even go here don't even live in this city so God will send whoever he needs to do whatever he needs but it's just exciting we're, we're excited and the building is going to be so beautiful wait till you guys are in it we're excited all right well God bless you guys have a great evening we love you Jesus is coming soon I believe that